Hurry up, your favorite show's about to start. Grab a Capri Sun, some Dunkaroos, and settle in for another episode of The Millennial Movie Club. Yeah. So rusty. You sound exactly like him. It's crazy. I gotta do one impression per episode, and this week it's the boss. (laughs) I it's pretty indistinguishable. That sounds exactly like him. I forgot to tell you we're having him on the show this week. (laughs) Hey Bruce, it's good to see you, man. Hey, our sweet little squishy babies. Welcome back to the podcast. Hey, everybody. Missed missed everyone a lot. Missed you, kids. We took a short winter break. Thank you for your patience. Um, but we are fucking back, baby. Ba- back like baby got back like Sir Mix a lot. <laughs> That's how know. back we are. <laughs> That's how back we are. That's how out of practice we are at podcasting (laughs) is I'm just like reference, reference, (laughs) 90s reference. Yeah, this is not an AI jazz. This is like the real one, dude. (laughs) I was going to ask. Can you imagine? I saw someone on the internet make uh, an episode of this show that I listened to based on text transcripts from the show and then audio files and they could create like a real episode that never happened and i wanted to reach out to him to see if he could do one for us i really want to see what it would be like that's fucking awesome and then we just feed the script to robots and it would be like hi welcome back i'm jazz once again i'm on my period ha 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 ha, ha. <laughs> yeah right 100 percent ha 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 1000 percent <laughs> Hi, and I'm Dan, and this movie just rocks. Uh, 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 I just uh. love it. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Roger. <laughs> well, unfortunately, you guys are going to have to deal with the real, real deal versions of us until we yeah. harness the technology to coast. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Everyone else has, but we have not, so we'll figure it out. Late. We're poor and stupid. Yeah, it's a really unique combo. <laughs> but yeah, we are back and we'll never leave you again. That's not true, but no. I hope everybody enjoyed their downtime. Hope you found some super mid podcast to entertain you in the meantime. But we know you're always coming back to mommy and daddy. Mommy and daddy, meaning my name is Daniel Dan Levine. Thank you. <laughs> Get going right into and uh, when I was younger, uh, I went uh, fishing for like the first time with my dad and my uncle. We bought a, a fishing rod and all this shit, and I was so ready to do it. And I went out on the dock, and then I saw a bee, and I just threw everything into the ocean. <laughs> and then my dad never took me fishing again. So it was... <laughs> The visual in my head is like you're holding a fishing pole, the bee comes up, you chuck yep. your fishing pole, but then That's you right. like grab the tackle box, chuck it, grab the grab your lunch box, chuck it, <laughs> grab your uncle, chuck it. Like you're just like, I grabbed everything and threw it into the ocean. I was like, time to start I, over. I didn't know what it wanted. <laughs> yeah. We need a clean slate. <laughs> Do over. Yeah. Sometimes when you see a bee, like you can't think no, rationally. That shit takes That's over. Too scary. You. <laughs> That's right. Secret life of bees. Um, mm. Wow, good anecdote. I'm Jazz Zapatos, uh, otherwise known as Jazz Zap, otherwise known as 
Jay-Z, otherwise known as co-host to Dan Levine. <laughs> people people call you that? <laughs> like, isn't that, that the co-host of Dan Levine? <laughs> <laughs> I hope that's true. And when I was a kid, I had a very specific ice cream routine passed down by my father. And it had to be like this. So basically, you get Briar's vanilla fudge swirl. You scoop it high into a mug. You Mm. put that mug in the microwave for 10 seconds. You take it out. You smush it up so it's like soft and shit. And then you put some Ovaltine in there. Sure. (laughs) And that's the only way to eat your ice cream. When you can digest dairy. I was, th- I was really like expecting something like much more secret and unique. <laughs> I feel like a lot of people do A that. lot of people <laughs> microwave their ice cream, put Ovaltine on it. Maybe not the and microwave. it's got to be Briars. <laughs> <laughs> I thought there was going to be something crazy. But... Um, then I fill the bathtub and I drink it like a soup. <laughs> There we go. Perfect. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I don't know. That was the ritual. And then we would watch Survivor together. Hell yeah. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That was the hook I wanted. That was the hook. That was the payoff. There you go. We got it eventually. Speaking of great dads who never asked for it, um, (laughs) we're talking about Jerry Maguire today, 90s classic. Yeah, the 1996 classic. Jerry Maguire, I forgot how much I love this movie. I think that I was talking to my friend Mike the other day, and he was like, yeah, I just never got around to watching it. And I was thinking, I think it's become such like, it It was almost like a meme before memes. Like, Jerry Maguire was so famous <laughs> oh, yeah. and, and quotable that it almost became like bigger than what it is. And at the core of it, it's a, actually a really phenomenal movie. I kind of forgot how good it was. There's some good fucking acting in this movie. For sure. Yeah. There For really sure. is. And it's so true. Ooh, the meme before the meme. It just, t- it, like, there are lines in this film that are probably some of the most famous in cinematic history. Yeah, and they just come, like, one after the other. There's, like, seven yeah. of them that would have been like the whole movie. The most famous, famous line. quotes. Yeah, in any yeah. other movie. Shall we set the scene on it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <Cool>. yeah. <laughs> Let's Does do she it. remember how to do the podcast? <laughs> we'll see. Does he? No. no nah. I do not. You guys know. So uh, all right. Yeah. When slick sports agent Jerry Maguire has a crisis of conscience, he pens a heartfelt company-wide memo that promptly gets him fired. Desperate to hang on to the athletes he represents, Jerry starts his own management firm, with only single mother Dorothy Boyd joining him in his new venture. Banking on their sole client, football player Rod Tidwell, Jerry and Dorothy begin to fall in love as they struggle to make their business work. But just hearing the the synopsis, it just doesn't seem like this would be a hit movie. Like, this doesn't seem like it would be for everyone. No, I agree. I agree. I think... Hot take. Oof. I, right away. Oh, right quick. Okay. Stick that shit right in the microwave before we move on. <laughs> Where, here's, where's the here's, Ovaltine? Here's the Ovaltine. So I think this movie does a lot of things. Like it's like it's a sports movie. It's a rom com. Mm-hmm. Like it's like a a man's business film. <laughs> 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 a 
but <laughs> I do think there are some times where it like cuts a few corners to accomplish all the things. Like I think it's a good movie, sure. but there are times where I'm just like, I feel like there are a few probably key moments that ended up on the cutting room floor and sure. we're like, oh, I feel like we could have used a little bit more to get yeah. from A to, a to C, like we we're missing B slightly. And I'll talk about where I think that's true. I think so too. I, I think without hearing, because I know we're going to hear those examples, I think I do agree with you. I think that it is all over the place. And what holds it together is like so small and thin, but I do think it holds it together. Yeah. The small, thin thing that's holding it together is Tom Cruise. I think it's Renee. She's do great. Do you? She is great. Well, no, no. It's, it's Tom Cruise. Lie. It's Tom Cruise. But It's Tom yeah. Cruise. But she does a great job too. Yeah. But she does a great job. It's true. He's just fucking charming in this movie. Is he? He is like very damaged in a way that you're just like, mm, like sometimes I'm rooting for him. Sometimes I'm like, yeah. ooh, you're like a little damaged goods here. But he's like consistently kind of doing the right thing. Like there are times like you kind of want to dislike him, but he's always kind of yeah doing the right thing, whether it's like what he really wants to be doing or not. Yeah, I think that's right. He's not that sleazy. Like, you, you expect him to be sleazier in the movie, I think. You know what's weird? Do you, do you think that it was a good choice to name this movie Jerry Maguire? Why do you think it was called this? It feels lazy. Yeah? It couldn't have been. It's got to be a reason. But like, I was really hoping you were going to be like, and here's the reason. Fun fact number one. I don't have a, I don't have a reason. <sighs> oh, oh it, actually, a little known fact. It's named Jerry Maguire because that's the name of the uh, title, the character. The main oh, character t- played by Tom Cruise. Crazy. So. I read that online somewhere. I can't remember where. Why didn't they just name it Ray? Because it, <laughs> they knew that J- uh, Jamie Foxx was going to make a movie that Jamie later. Jamie Foxx was going to make yeah. a movie. <laughs> yeah, I guess Jerry Maguire was the selling point of the whole thing. So Rod was pretty good too. Indeed. Yes. I mean, probably the best acting role like of his career. Yeah. And it, I feel like the more we learn about cuba the more we understand that he's like a fucking nut job too go on say more oh, i wish i had more i uh, i should have done more of this <laughs> you're like it's just a feeling I <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> i didn't know you were gonna ask me why this is how rumors start Dan. that's true i'm this sorry is how, <laughs> this just is how cut fake it. news is spread get it cut it cut it cut it <laughs> he's like oh sorry i was actually thinking about cursey alley <laughs> <laughs> yeah right no okay so here's something about him like with sexual misconduct and rape I think this guy's like, yeah. I don't oh, think he's a good guy. No. Any dudes out there who haven't been doing some raping? Good, good on you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was asking if there are any. Oh, oh, if there are. Okay. Yeah, it seems like this is. Ugh, I don't. I don't think he's a very good person. Good. Well, then I guess it's a good thing he starred in Snow Dogs. God. I guess we can get into the cast and crew. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of the cast and crew. <laughs> This film was written and directed, shocker, by Cameron Crowe. After having been the youngest contributing writer in the history of Rolling Stone magazine, Cameron Crowe parlayed his early success into a filmmaking career that included some of the seminal relationship movies of the 1980s and 1990s, including Fast Times at Ridgemont High, Say Anything, Almost Famous, as heard on the pod, Vanilla Sky, Elizabeth Town. Almost Famous and, and Jerry Maguire are incredible. Speaking of Jerry Maguire, Jerry Maguire, played by (laughs) Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise rose quickly to become one of the best-known American actors in the world. He was in Outsiders, 
He had a starring role as schoolboy turned pimp, Joel, in Risky Business, Legend, Top Gun, The Last Samurai. Mostly we know him from jumping on Oprah's couch and scaring his many wives away. This was his fifth consecutive 100 million plus dollar movie. It's a new record. He is just a money maker. I mean, that's probably why they named it after his character. That's probably why. Yeah. It probably wasn't named that until they made the money and then they went back and changed it to Jerry Maguire. <laughs> it was Ray. Yeah, it was Ray. And then it opened up that slot for Ray in the future to become Ray. So that's great. Correct. As we <laughs> mentioned, the role of Rod Tidwell was played by Cuba Gooding Jr., who experienced both serious highs and embarrassing lows in his uneven career. After starting his career as a backup break dancer for Lionel Richie at the 1984 Olympic Games, Gooding forged ahead with an acting career with several brief film and television appearances before showing early talent with his subtle portrayal of a bright young youth being led down a dangerous path in Boys in the Hood. Oh, devastating. We also saw him in movies like Lightning Jack, Outbreak, and then striking Oscar gold with his highly infectious performance in this film. Unfortunately, then he was, as we said, in movies like Snow Dogs, Boat Trip, Daddy Day Camp. Woof. I feel like the most famous part of this for him, one of the most famous parts is his acceptance speech at the Oscars for this movie. Because if you can remember it, it's he starts getting played off, but then he starts like using the music to like hype up the crowd and get more involved and everyone starts clapping and clapping and it's like from a scene in a movie. It's like the scene in this movie when yeah. he like hypes up the crowd. Yeah, he's he seems just kind of like Rod. He definitely just does. like super enthusiastic. Yeah. Fun fact, his dad got kicked off the set of this movie, <laughs> Cuba Gooding Sr. <laughs> Um, because he asked Tom Cruise, but seriously, are you gay or not? He's oh. <laughs> like, all right, you can't be here anymore. Yikes. Ooh. Come on. How tactless do you have to be? I know. Dickhead. Cuba Gooding, period. What are you doing, <laughs> man? I don't know. Zillings. The role of Dorothy Boyd, played by the rare versatile and down-to-earth Renee Zellweger. She has earned Oscars and Golden Globe Awards for her comedy, musical, and dramatic work, which has made her one of the highest-paid screen actresses in Hollywood. Uh, she made cinematic history with the line, you had me at hello in this film, and she went on to define the chiclet generation with her... <laughs> chiclet? Uh, generation with her role in Bridget Jones' Diary, and then in movies like Chicago, where she played Roxy Hart and was amazing... Colt Mountain. Off-screen, Texas Brett Zellweger was known for her bouts of imposter syndrome and seemingly endless disbelief over her movie star status, as well as being one of the most genuinely nice down-to-earth stars in the business. Apparently, when she got this role, she was so poor, she couldn't make an ATM withdrawal. Like, she hadn't gotten work in so long that she didn't have any more money. Well, thank God for this. Yeah, and she crushed this. She's just so good she in this. She crushed it. And last, but of course not least... Ray, played by a young Jonathan Lipnicki, who was like the child actor of the 90s. Mm -hmm. We saw him in other films like Stuart Little, and currently he stays busy with Muay Thai. Yeah, have you seen him? He's shredded. <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> he's, so, he's so strong. Yeah, it's funny. There's like this whole article where he's like super honest with the fact that like, because people were like, Jonathan Lipnicki, where is he now? Like, blah, blah, blah. what happened to those kids? And he's just like, to be honest, yeah. like I was a cute child actor and I 
wanted to stick with it, but like I wasn't that good. I like needed to get better. I like needed to, and like he's done some projects here and there, but he was just like, yeah, I wasn't great. (laughs) That makes sense. I mean, he's so cute. He doesn't need to be great. He might be the cutest little kid I've ever seen. Well, I think that's what happens is like child actors can be really good because children are really good at being natural and not overthinking things. Whereas Mm -hmm. as we get older, we know more about movies and film or whatever and we like put it on more. We play at it instead of just like showing up and being genuine. Sure. And I think that was the case. Yeah. But yeah, hey, go on with your Muay Thai, baby. For sure. And he made an indelible mark. Cute fucking kid. Super cute. Soup's cute. Soup's cute. Speaking of soup, you know what old people love? Soup. And reviewing movies. <laughs> nice. It's like we never missed a week. <laughs> we just don't skip a beat. Um, no. Let's hop into these reviews. We're starting with Rita Kempley at the Washington Post, who writes, Cruz seems to have grown as much as Jerry, for he brings gentleness, warmth, and lightheartedness to this role, qualities that we haven't seen since he played air guitar in his underpants in Risky Business 13 years ago. Damn, wait, he was, that was 13 years in between those movies? That's fucking wild. He went from a boy to a man. I know we're going to do this like a bunch of times, but he's so good in this movie, but he's also like concentrated Tom Cruise. Like he's so aware of how charming he is. It like borders on douchiness, but I don't think it gets there. That's why it's hard. Like he's like the guys, you know this, Daniel. He's like the guys that you date that like know, Mm. they know how charming they are. And even if they're being nice, there's a little part of you that's like, I don't want to give you the satisfaction because you already feel like you've won. And you haven't, but right. you have because I'm attracted to you. It's just like, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. I've dated, a, oh my God, I can't even count. If I had a dime. Yeah. <laughs> You'd be as poor as Renee Zellweger when she made this movie. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I know all I want to know about Tom Cruise, and it's enough to make me go, bleh. But watching this movie, I was just like, you're fucking charming, man. Like, you're fucking charming, and you're handsome as shit in this film. He's a movie star. He's like the movie star. Yes. He is a s- absolute star. He's it's just, it's infectious. It's the definition of a star. You can't take your eyes off him. He's just, I don't know, he's the whole thing. He's incredible. Yeah. Maybe most movie star, movie star of all time. Possibly. Roger Ebert gives this movie three out of four stars. He loved it. He He writes, there are a couple of moments in Jerry Maguire where you want to hug yourself with delight. One comes when a young woman stands up in the office where a man has just been fired because of his ethics and says, yes, she'll follow him out of the company. The other comes when she stands in her kitchen and tells her older sister that she really, truly loves a man with her whole heart and soul. Both of those moments involve the actress Renee Zellweger, whose lovability is one of the key elements in a movie that starts out looking cynical and and quickly becomes a heart warmer. Cruz plays McGuire with the earnestness of a man who wants to find greatness and happiness in an occupation where only success really counts. Finally, the movie is about transformation, about two men who learn how to value something more important than money, and about two women who always knew. Oh, man, that is a great synopsis. Gives me the chills a little bit, to be honest. I know, me too. The last line, I have goosies. Yeah, I got some goosies. I knew throughout the movie that like you see parallels between the two couples, but I hadn't looked at it like that before. I didn't. I still haven't. 
I never even thought about it. These fucking women standing by their men in all their imperfections. Yeah. We just know women's intuition. We know we see potential. That's really all it is to be a woman is to mine potential and then do a little shaping. And then sometimes that potential isn't reached and you just got to cut ties. Yeah. Sometimes it, was, sometimes it was a waste. And sometimes that potential murders you. Yeah. Sometimes you have to you have know? those diamond hands and you don't cut ties for it. And it just, then eventually you just make it to the moon. Just like GameStop stock. I lost you. <laughs> now, <laughs> now I actually have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> but I hope somebody well, I out we, there got it. I think we're both it. on the same page. I hope somebody out there got it. It sounds like I, for a second I was like, oh, is he just saying like words like to make yeah, up? Yeah, in a way. <laughs> in lieu of an actual perspective on this somebody yeah. got there Some, i really think thought you were just like being like you were just saying stuff like yeah sometimes you just gotta like put the fish in the fish tank and then you know jump off a building <laughs> with it you know what i mean <laughs> sure i mean it, it might as well have been that yeah great somebody will get it <laughs> just not me all right some amazon reviews titled has not aged well and just reads misogyny disguised as a chick flick I was like, ooh, I like that take. I need I can't just take that as as it is though. I need more to that. Tell me more, tell me more. Like, does he have a car? Right. Tell me more, tell me more. Where's the misogyny? I think and I'll tell you because I had a very different perspective. I watched this movie like within the last two years. And it was like my first time watching it all the way through again as an adult. And I remember being really annoyed <laughs> because I'm always annoyed. Because uh, I was just like, this is just like another thing where like he is the hero, even though he like does not have his shit together. And like is kind of just like dragging this woman through the mud, even though she really loves him. Like she loves him, but he's like kind of just like taking advantage because he just cannot be alone. Right. He's just like this damaged person and like anyone will do and he's just like holding on. But I actually this time had a completely different perspective and that's that he is a broken man that's being preyed upon by Renee Zellweger who's like, I will find a father for my child and it will be you. I had the same thought. It almost felt predatory, this watch. I think that mis like looking at this as a misogynistic tale is so surface level because any digging any farther down, I think it gets too complicated where you don't understand like whether it and as soon as it's too complicated to figure out whether it's misogyny, I don't know if right. Amazon user is gonna right. get it. Yeah, I agree. And so, like, yeah, there was a time I would have agreed with that review, but now I'm like, hmm, she knows exactly what she's doing. Okay. It's very fun. I never caught that before this watch, actually. More like I had you at hello. Am I right? Damn. Yeah. Next review reads, two out of five stars. Put a spout in this movie and a jar for some maple syrup. It's dripping with sticky syrup. <laughs> <laughs> That is the my, worst thing I've ever heard. My, it's almost akin to that review that started with, do you like chocolate? <laughs> I like that one way more. This is terrible. Stick a spout in this movie in a jar and jar some maple syrup. It is dripping with sticky syrup. Money greedy salesman selling athletes wakes up one day to realize he sold his soul to the devil. From there, he fights to keep his profession alive, working for himself. That's the whole review. Wait, what? <laughs> that was where they got the sappiness from? I agree that this can get a little saccharine. Like, it get it can get a little sappy. But, like, 
Not in that part. No, certainly not in that part. In the last review titled, Let's Bang It Out. <laughs> Read. <laughs> this movie has it all except one thing. Full penetration. I mean, how romantic can a love story be without a schlong and a hot, juicy box? I think the kid died in real life, or at least I hope he did, because he's annoying. Anyway, grab some rubbers, water-based lubricants, and your female or male love interest and get your hump on. This movie is Circuit Dawson's Creek, so it brings back all those great memories of being young. <laughs> I have no idea where to start with that. That's really a tough one. Listen... If you're going to get all like nostalgic and horned up, this is a pretty good movie to do it. For sure. But like then he's like, I think that kid might have died. <laughs> yeah, it just slips that in. He's like, let's fuck. Oh, there is that dead kid. But anyway, grab some rubbers. He's, a, he's very he's much alive. He's fully alive. And he could kick your ass. He could kick your ass. Yeah. Shall we make like Lip Nicky and Muay Thai into the plot? Absolutely. Yeah, and Lip Nicky sounds like a uh, Grease character. Can Nicky Lip Nicky? Can Nicky, Can Nicky Lip Nicky. <laughs> we open with Tom Cruise's voiceover showing us the best young athletes in the country. And then we meet him, a sleazy sports agent. But he's starting to realize that he's a sleazy sports agent and he's not a fan. You know, he goes on a business retreat to Miami and basically has a full Minty B <laughs> turned menti breakthrough because he sits down and writes all night just 25 pages on getting back to why they do this job in the first place fewer clients less money but more focused on the relationships just like has a manic episode and like prints out 100 copies of this memo quote unquote or state mission statement right mission statement and he's like suddenly i was my father's son again he like sticks them in everybody's mailbox and the next morning everyone's applauding him and he's like the golden boy but they're then sort of behind his back they're like so how long do you give him a week yeah i mean they, this was actually inspired by a, a real memo written by jeffrey katzenberg when he was at disney that's cool yeah he was like didn't like how it was box office driven like everything that they did and then he sent it to the whole company in 1991. And then three years later, he went and developed DreamWorks with Steven Spielberg and uh, David oh, Geffen. Oh, fucking dope. So, yeah, I mean, that, that's a real thing. And then for the movie, Cameron Crowe really did write 27 pages of a mission statement about this. Of course he did. Of course he did. Yeah. Doing the most. He hops on a plane. He's in first class telling his this wild story about how he proposed to his fiance. while we see Dorothy and her young son, Ray, who's vomiting back in coach. And like pretty much from the beginning of this movie, like you could say it's akin to the show You on Netflix about like the stalker. Dorothy is basically like staring at him and listening in on his conversations from the very first moment. That's right. Yeah, she is kind of hawking him. She's obsessed. I mean, he, and I don't even know what she sees in him. It's because it's very like surface level. He he comes off like a douche kind of here. He's like the man, you know. He's like the most popular guy at school. Energy where you're just like, oh my god, like he's kind of a douche. But if he like turns his attention on you for a second, you feel so good. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because he's also like woo, he's charming the pants off the girl that's next to him too. Yeah. So she's looking at him like run his game. She's also cool. like not. 
he's like not rude to anybody. Like he knows everybody's names. He's not ever really condescending. Yeah, that's right. He's just like playing the game. He's really, really good at this. At the airport, she loses Ray at baggage claim and Jerry helps her find him. (laughs) And she tells him that she really likes his memo. I wrote, I got to say, I know this guy's a total nut job, but he might be at his peak dreaminess in this movie. Really? Do you think I was going to ask it? Is this... This is it, huh? Not Top Gun? No, not Top Gun. Top Gun, he's this he's like not Hollywood polished yet. He like hadn't had his teeth done yet. He was like still very like he looked like a normal person still. Yes, for sure. He looks like a fucking movie star in this movie. He does. Yeah. Okay, fair. Good. He's a better actor. Yeah, he is. At this point in his career, too. There's something like so sincere about, I don't know, everything he does in this. I mean, we'll get to it, but like by the end, he's like staring at Renee Zellweger and I'm like, whoa, dude, you got a stare on you. And like when his and his eyes are like well up with tears, like, yeah. God, it's fucking effective. He's good. Yeah. So they're like having this exchange and Ray takes their hand and is like swinging from their hands oh. and it's like so cute and he offers them a ride. Um, they decline. He walks away. And she's like, man, whoever snagged him must be one classy babe. (laughs) (laughs) This is probably my favorite transition in the whole movie. (laughs) It's so funny. Cut to his fiance fucking him like an animal up against a bookshelf. Like, never stop fucking me. (laughs) And then she's like, I would totally bring in another woman into the bedroom for you. Dude, Kelly Preston is a dime. A straight, like a real dime. She's fucking hottie, 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 boombalati. Rest in peace, you absolute babe, Kelly Preston. Oh, shit. Kelly Preston's dead? Why? Why? It's just happened sometimes, Daniel. None of us live forever. I guess so, but she really didn't live no, forever. I'm pretty sure she died of cancer pretty in like the last two years. Damn. Sorry, Kelly. That sucks. Yeah. But look, she was great in this film. Cut to Jerry's surprise, not really surprise, bachelor party. And they put together this whole little video for him. And it's basically, it's kind of fucked up. His fiance like went through his little black book and like interviews all this, all these women that he used to date. And basically like the main bullet points are that he's a good, he's good at friendship, but not intimacy. He lies and he cannot be alone. He cannot be alone. The last part, I think we see, but the first two parts, like, do you think that that's that's some of the what you're talking about from before? Like, I didn't see any of that in his character. You're supposed to think, oh, okay, he's very good at being a friend. He's not very good at being in a relationship. And then you see his relationship with Renee Zellweger and you're supposed to be like, oh, okay, this is another example of that. But in my mind, they just aren't meant for one another. Like, they don't click well. Yeah, like, they get along fine. I think she's obsessed with the idea of him. And, like, he wants to do a good thing. Or he he really likes that she believes in him, which is fair, too. Oh, yeah. She, it's She's, like, such an ego boost for him. He just yeah. needs, like, one person on earth to believe in him. And he has nobody except for her believing in him. Which is a real thing. Which is, like, why this is a real character. Yes, for sure. For sure. Doesn't mean they should be married. No. Next day at work, the dude he's been mentoring, Bob Sugar, takes him out to lunch and fires him. He is so fucking smug. Jay Moore is so fucking good in this movie. He might be the star. Bob Sugar is a douche, but it's great. It's really fun to watch. He's like on the phone and he's like, uh, it's my job to remember the skanks you bang. <laughs> he's 
just like these lines are so good. Jerry comes back to the office. He's on the war path. And basically like Bob Sugar just starts sabotaging his entire client roster. And he's trying to call people before Bob, lures them away. And he's saying stuff on calls like, listen, Jerry Maguire doesn't know what it means to be black. And then <laughs> yeah. like – and then Jerry's on the phone being like, he said, I don't know what it means to be black. I'm Mr. Black People. <laughs> I was like, oh, God. It's so funny. So funny. Problematic and funny. Um, but like they're doing it in a way where like right. it is – like they're showing it as problematic. Yeah, they're it's not, not like they like, don't get it's it. It's not just like an, the joke is outdated. Right, it's just, right. It's like, they're showing how it's – guys are fucking right. unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. So now we meet Rod. He's got a chip on his shoulder. He's such an asshole. He doesn't ever shut the fuck up. Such an asshole. He just is like, he's got a bunch of kids at home. And he just is like, I deserve more. I deserve more. I deserve more. You know, Jerry's trying to hold on to him. And this is, you know, where we get the famous scene where he's making him scream, show me the money in his office. Show that shit. Show me the money. I need to feel you, Jerry. Show me the money. Jerry, you better yell. Show me the money. It was amazing to me when watching it this time, looking at him right now right in the, this first scene and like viscerally just hating him. And then, man, it's such a magic trick that they figure out how to make me love this guy by the end of the movie. And it's a product of good acting, I think. Anyway, he's leaving the office and losing his damn mind and like preaching to everyone. He takes a fish out of the fish tank. And he's like, who else is coming with me? And no one is coming with him until Dorothy Boyd, who is so clearly obsessed with him. She's like, I will go with you. I mean, this scene, every single person who's thought about leaving a company who thinks about this scene. It's so important. And it's crazy how many of these scenes there are. But like, it's it's also really cool because all of these scenes that are that are so iconic, they also like have a lot to do with the plot. I was trying to think of this. This is not a very well fully baked idea but there's a lot of scenes that we've seen in these like 90s movies where the the scene that everyone remembers is like maybe somebody everyone like singing at a restaurant or something and it doesn't really have anything to do with the plot right my best friend's wedding that's what i'm thinking of and it's cool that this like actually all the things that you see in this movie that are that are iconic and the things that you remember like push the plot along and they're not it's not supposed to be like just an earworm yeah yes yeah so true so true this is (laughs) a big moment and it's funny because he's taking such a stand and also it's he's just falling so flat on his face it's so embarrassing it's so good like he's such an inspirational dude and yet just fucking floundering for his life floundering nice him taking the fish it was that on Ayo, purpose <laughs> it was none i just nice. can't help myself you just cannot help yourself i just spew <laughs> comedy you comedy um in the elevator also this was something i'd never noticed before i had i didn't i never caught on that this is what this was from but in the elevator on the way out there's a deaf couple smooching it up and the man signs something and dorothy speaks sign language and and relays to jerry that he says to her you complete me he's signing like pigeon sign language like it's like uh it's in like word order and that's not really how it's it's done. And what he's saying is, you make me feel whole. If it had to be snappier, if it was going to be famous. Yeah. So Dorothy comes home to her sister's house where she's been living with her son, Ray. Laurel is like, Bonnie Hunt is so great in this. I think she might be my favorite in the film. 
She's great. She said that she interpreted her character as the audience, the movie audience. It's like should be what we're all thinking. Yeah, like, totally. Don't go with him. He's a fucking wreck. He's he's trying to do this and that. He's she there. She's just trying to protect her sister Dorothy. Yeah, like the audience is kind of big time, and and that's exactly what happens. Like she comes home and her sister's just like, "What are you doing? Leaving your job just to follow this guy that you think is hot? You're a single mother. Like, what are you doing?" Meanwhile, Jerry goes home and his fiance is like, you are Jerry Maguire. You are not a loser. You're going to go to Texas and you're going to get your superstar back. He's like, who said anything about loser? (laughs) Carly Preston's great too. And she's just so cutthroat. Oh my God. She is vicious. She does it so well. Yeah. Fiery redhead. Always batshit crazy. (laughs) So he is like, there's this hotshot quarterback in Texas who he wants badly. So he's like, I'm going to go down to Texas. I'm going to like get in their living room. I do best in living rooms and I'm going to like get my guy. So he sits down with him and his dad uh, and they're like, we're staying with you. I don't do contracts, but my word is oak. I'm like fucking red flag, baby. If you were marrying someone and they were like, yeah, I don't do contracts, but just... Trust me, babe. The problem is he can't, he doesn't really have another option. No, he doesn't. He's fighting for his life here. Yeah, you're kind of the only person I have besides this other like insane person in Rod who is like not that good of a football player and requires all of my attention all the time. Like I need this person who's going to go number one in the draft, blah, 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 make me a ton of money. Right, exactly. So he's just like, but he thinks he's good. He's golden. He's like, Dorothy, we are back. He's at the airport with the superstar from Texas. Rod is also there, but not really feeling like a superstar. Two kids come up to him to ask for an autograph because they think he's Hootie. <laughs> you know that he that actually happened to him after after this. Oh my god, get out of here. That is so funny. Yeah, he uh <laughs> They uh they thought he was uh, Darius Rucker and uh, also in Spain like in in the Spanish version of this uh the line is dubbed Are you Ice Tea because like no one knew <laughs> who Hootie who, was who, who Hootie and the Blowfish were. <laughs> That's funny. Oh man, I didn't realize that when they translate movies into different cultures of different countries, they have to like keep the references relevant. Right. Yeah. I wonder where else they change shit like that. Interesting. Anywho, turns out the Texas Big Shot's dad actually goes behind Jerry's back and signs with Bob Sugar. What a dick. His fiance finds out, blows a gasket, he breaks up with her, and then she proceeds to beat the shit out of him. Cush and his dad seemingly like step back because of like a racist reason too. It's like I was doing this while you were in the lobby with the black fella or something like that. Like it's it's a little kind of hint that they're just like racist pieces of shit. At least the dad. The son's kind of just like, I just want to play football. He's just an idiot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Whatever daddy says. So he's like just fucking crushed. He shows up to Dorothy's house drunk. And just like the theme, again, the theme throughout this whole thing is he just can't be alone. He just like needs to be around people. And of course, Laurel sees right through it and disapproves. But Dorothy's so like idealistic about him. She's like, this is the first time in my life I'm part of something I believe in. It's like, you just think he's hot. He could say anything to you. He is is hot. He is hot. And he's not playing like a drunk person very well. I don't know if Tom Cruise knows how to do like... Drunk people aren't this charming. No, but it's just like, how many bad bands have we liked because of a hot boy, right? Let's see. Right, Dan? Yeah. uh, (laughs) Creed. (laughs) 
Nickelback. Or like, or like, did you ever pre- like pretend to like a band more than you did because a girl you liked was super into them? Of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, I pretended I liked Backstreet Boys more than NSYNC because the guy I had a crush on was more into Backstreet Boys. Like, we do crazy things for hot people. You do crazy things for love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And hot people, right? Yeah. Well, hot people love, same thing. Hot people love Backstreet Boys. Hot people people love Backstreet Boys, but the real ones go in sync. Yeah, he's like wasted on the couch. Ray wakes up and comes out to see Jerry, picks up his phone, is like talking to Rod on the phone. Really, this is a love story between Jerry and Ray, if we're honest. Absolutely. And that's enough for me. This relationship is so freaking adorable and heartwarming. It like nearly Mm. makes me cry at points in this movie. There's kind of a a moment of sad realization where even she calls it out where she's like, I know you love my kid and you like me a lot, but like that's not enough for me. I wrote that line down because it's so good. It's like on the surface, it's great. I've got this great guy who loves my kid and he sure does like me a lot and I can't live like that. That is, that's good writing. That's yeah. really great. It's really great. And it's also like not what we see. It's usually like a guy falls in love with a woman, but she has a kid and it's like he's got to try to wrap his mind around the yes. fact that like there's a kid in the picture. We're like right away. It's like Jerry and Ray love each other. He yes. just like wants to be in this kid's life. Right. That's a good. I, I love that take that it's usually the other way around too, where it's yeah. like begrudgingly they get used to this kid's like Jerry loves Ray right away and just wants to be his dad. Yeah. He's like, maybe I could get used to this lady. Yeah, right. Exactly begrudgingly gets used to Dorothy. Yeah. yeah. So Ray goes back to bed. Dorothy comes back. Jerry gives her this like insane speech while holding a fire poker. <laughs> and like this is a glimpse into the real Tom Cruise, I think. Yes, that's right. Yeah, I'm sure he, this is not the first time he's made an impassioned speech with a some object that could really kill you. To a woman who's like, am I going to die? Is this, where I, is this <laughs> how I die? Not a bad way to go. I guess. Uh, but yeah, she's like, Look, to tell you the truth, I just want to be inspired. And then he literally launches himself at her face and puts his hand on her boob. And she's not really turned off by it either, which is weird. She like kind of laughs it off, but it's like uncomfortable. And he's like, oh, that was weird. And Yeah, I'm going to regret this in the morning. But she like clearly wanted that to happen eventually. It just really wasn't the time, I guess. Yes. Yes, because in the past, I remember being more mad about this scene. And then once I see how she reacts, it's like, there's almost something victorious about it. Yeah, it, it's also a little bit like, yo, he's drunk. I'm about to like, I'm about to get it in. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know? Although she does make him a sandwich and call him a cab, so. That's true. She does yeah, He's, right. he's got to get out of there. Yeah. He, nothing has can come to, of this. He has to get out of here. He's trying to work on Rod's contract. And, like, nobody wants to give this dude more money because clear he's got an attitude problem. And this is where we get another one. Help me help you. Help me help, help me. you. I love this scene. My favorite part of this scene is, like, he's trying to tell Rod, like, you don't understand. I'm trying, like, I know it's, it's, it's very obvious, but I'm trying to help you and you need to give me the ammunition. And... Then Rod just like loses it and he just starts thinking it's so funny. And like all the dynamic of th- that they have is just constantly changing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You like never know what's going to come next because either this guy's going to be pissed off or he's going to start laughing at you or he's going to start making fun of you or he's going to be like your best friend. He's just like such a loose cannon. I love that about it. I, lo- I think that's a great like Rod's character is so good because of that. Like at some points mm-hmm. you're like, man, I think that they're best friends. And then other 
parts where it's like they hate one another. He's so good at manipulating a situation to assume control. So Jerry goes back to the office and Dorothy shows him the financials and they are not looking good. Meanwhile, this office space appears to be oceanfront property. Like I can literally (laughs) see the dudes from Top Gun playing volleyball outside the window. (laughs) And he's like, we're broke. We are poor. I'm like, are you? But are are they getting any money from Rod? No. How? Why? How is that legal that they can? Oh, I guess that's just how the nature of sports agents, right? It has to be like a renewed. Yeah, like any like any agent, they only get paid when you get paid, and like he needs to get his contract renewed for any of them to make money. Yeah. It just seems like he's putting in a lot of effort and like being kind of his just like punching bag, his punching bag, his therapist, his his assistant, his babysitter, like, and it's like he doesn't get paid at all. No, it's it is a leap of faith, and that's why like later on, Dorothy loses it on him and is like, he is working for you for free. Yeah, right. And he is broke. It's a big leap of faith, but what choice does he have? He doesn't have anybody else. So he does apologize to her about being inappropriate with her. And it's just like, this is where it really dawns on me that she is manipulative because he is like, look, I'm really sorry. I will never take advantage of you that way again. We are running a business here and we have to be professional. She, who has seen his bachelor party tape and like knows his biggest insecurity, starts using this trigger word against him, this word alone. And she's like, you know what? You're so right. I'm going to leave you alone with your thoughts and you'll just be here alone. Yeah, I'm just going to leave you alone. Totally alone. I never thought, wow. Yeah, wow. That went right over my head. And then he's like, you want to get dinner? And she's like, yeah, I know a place. Wow. And I was like, you bitch. You are like, he's trying to be professional and you are literally playing on his biggest issues to get him to ask you out. I can't believe that went over my head so much. And I've always been confused about why she's doing that. I don't know. I'm just not smart enough. <laughs> it's okay, booby. It's okay, little little. That's why I'm here. And you tell me things I don't know. I tell you things you don't know. I'm like Kush. I'm just here to play football. Yeah, I just want to play football. That's all I want to do. I am a manipulative cunt, just like Dorothy. (laughs) I always get my man. That's right. And she does too. So she knows exactly what she's doing. So I wrote, I think for a long time, I thought this was a movie about a dude who had serious issues taking advantage of a woman who had a crush on him. And now I realize this is about entrapment. The entrapment of a poor man by a woman who's masterfully looking to complete her family. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I mean, I at this same moment in the movie I wrote down too, like I'm like worried that the take from a lot of people is that she's lucky that Jerry puts up with the fact that she has a kid too. And that's just not it at all. Oh man, a real rags to riches story. Like how's a single mom going to bag a (laughs) dreamy guy like Jerry Maguire? A poor psychopath like Jerry Maguire. It's pretty easy actually. Prey on his fears. (laughs) take advantage of his abandonment issues it's not that hard take notes everybody yeah it's not that hard like sees like i see you i see you because i am you real recognize real anyway (laughs) they go out to dinner (laughs) she is just staring him down like a steak like there's so many parts of this movie where it's just literally her staring at him she's got a good thirsty face he walks her home and once again, he goes to kiss her and then stops himself. Then she grabs him. Yes, that's right. 
That's right. And but then then he starts like undressing her. And aren't they like outside? This yes, they're like on her front porch. I think he like accidentally like like a strap pops off from her dress or something, and he's like goes to fix it. But then like he's like kissing her all over her décolletage, and then he like what is that? What's décolletage? The the chest area. Whoa, I didn't know what that. That's a word. The upper, the top shelf of the boobs, if you will. Wonderful vocabulary word. Love it. I heard it one time when I was getting a massage. <laughs> the dude was like, do you mind if I massage your decolletage? And I was like, I don't know. I'll say yes, and then I'll find out what that body part is. And then he just moves up to your neck, and you're like, damn it. <laughs> he fists me and starts working me like a puppet. <laughs> Today's word of the day is decolletage. <laughs> And then I never forgot it. <laughs> uh, brought to you by Decolletage and the number four. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. But so he starts kissing her Decolletage and then he like disappears somewhere. And I'm like, is he going down on her on the, on the porch? I really think that he is though, right? I think that he is too. It is a pretty bold move at like, her sister's house. At her sister. Oh, man. And I don't think it's like that late either. It's not. And all the porch lights are on. They're just lucky this was before the ring camera came out. <sighs> or, or I guess we're unlucky. That, that, that is. Who doesn't like to watch their footage back? Am I right? <sighs> Love it. So, oh man, next morning she's in the kitchen with her sister being like, I love him. I love him. I fucking love him. And he's listening. This is the part of the movie where I feel like I just want to turn it off. Because this is it like... They sleep together. She loves him. He like knows that she loves him and is okay with it. And he she, he loves Ray. And like you know, the, it seems like their company's gonna work. I'm just like, all right, that's enough. I just want to think that like everything's perfect. <laughs> everything's yeah. good. Everything's good from here now. Yeah, I have mixed feelings because like you fully expect him to be super weirded out and like kind of run away. You hear this single mom saying how in love with you she is and then your next move is to have cereal with her kid. So I was like, so he's not freaked out or he's just not considering consequences of what he's doing. Like, I think definitely both. I don't think that he totally understands it, which is why they he like – figures it out when he talks to Rod afterwards. Exactly, exactly. Because they get back to the office and then he's like treating her like an employee again and it's weird. Yeah. I mean, he kind of fucks this up like a lot. This whole next part is very clunky to me. There's a lot of stuff happening where we're like, wait, what's happening? Like, when did this happen? Like, suddenly she's threatening to take a job in San Diego. It does. It happens fast, too fast. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. And you're like, when did this come from? When were you even entertaining a job in San Diego? And he's like trying to beg her not to go. And then he's like on set. Yeah, then he's on set shooting a commercial with Rod. <laughs> he's like... A real man wouldn't shoplift the pootie from a single mother. I didn't shoplift the pootie. All right. I shoplifted the pootie. There's a couple of these lines where they, obviously, they just knew this, it was going to be a hit. Like, you could almost, like, they're almost, like, looking at the camera, like, oh, right, everyone's going to say this. But it's it's weird because, like, this part is really, it it's almost overshadowed by that, like, funny line, but it's really like sweet he's asking rod 
because Rod has had a single mother and he's like, no, that's a sacred thing. And it's like, you know, it's starting to get like a little complicated where he, him and Rod, he's like taking advice from Rod. And then you start, he starts to understand like what the position that he puts Dorothy in. I don't know. I think this is a cool, cool part. It is. And I, I love this conversation that they have that line aside because we see Rod being like, like, you know, Rod's a family man and you know, he's got a great relationship. He really respects his wife. But like this is the first time you see him be kind of like grounded, logical, and real, like giving good advice. Yeah. At at this point, you're like, oh, Rod is more of an adult than Jerry is. For all of his like blustery tactics and like backing himself maybe unnecessarily, you're like, no, he's like a mm-hmm. real man. Like he lo- he he loves his family and he'll do yeah. he he has like a good head on his shoulder. He has his yeah. priorities right. straight. And all of his you know, big talking, complaining, all this stuff like come. I mean, ultimately comes from the fact that like he has a family to support. Right, right. He, you know, all of this stuff. So, yeah, his heart is in the right place. But yeah, he's basically like, look, don't fuck around and find out with a single mom. Cut to like, I guess because Rod refused to do the commercial, Dorothy has to take the job in San Diego. So they're all packed up. Because they don't have any money. She takes this job. And like Laurel's like, just say a quick goodbye in and out and then just get in the car and go. And then Ray is like, go ahead and go. And it's devastating. He loves Ray so much. To hear a little kid be like, just go ahead and go. It broke my like, fucking heart just listening to it's it. It's brutal. And again, here it comes. Jerry cannot be left alone. He'll do anything to keep from being with himself for a minute. But to your point before, it's like it's also the right thing to do. So it's hard to like take it. But it's not the right thing to do if it's for those reasons. Right, right. That's true. Like the right thing to do is like if I'm not really in love with this woman and I'm not re- and I don't actually want to commit to her then to like get out of let the her way. go. Yeah. Let her go live her life. Right. And he's like, I'll see you next weekend. She says, I love you. And he says, I love you too, which I was like, I guess we're saying that now. He doesn't. And I just wrote, it just feels like yeah. we did we miss a big chunk of the movie? Like when did they start saying it to each other? And then like two seconds later, he proposes to save on medical. Like what? I know. I know. It's just like such a cop out for as like manipulative, I guess, as she's being like she also is just too wrapped up in the thing because that proposal to come out that way is like the most transparent thing. Like he's clearly not in love with you. Yeah, I, I really do think that she just wants him to be in love with her so bad that it's like so she can try to like bad. interpret some of these scenes as like romantic when in reality they're they're transactional and she just wants this life that mm-hmm. is not really there yeah she's like if i could just get to this next thing then i'll yeah. be mine and it's just like but at what cost and i think she realizes that later like she put in the work to get this guy and then she realizes like it's actually not enough but is it eventually i don't know well eventually when he actually does love her but it's like not that fulfilling to trick somebody into marrying you <laughs> <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> I've tried. No, just kidding. <laughs> Cut to their wedding. We just jump to their wedding. Laurel's like, if you fuck this up, I'll kill you. And then Ray's holding up those rings as the <sighs> ring bearer. Cutest thing I've ever seen. Cutest Might be the cutest thing. thing I've ever seen on film. Yeah. Oh, my God. I guess this is 90s. They're like watching the wedding video like right. three hours after the wedding is over. 
I guess like whoever recorded it on their hand hand cam. Uh, I don't know, handy handy cam. I can't yeah. remember. And like you can just tell that Jerry looks miserable in the video. It's a really it's uncomfortable just... thing because everyone who's watching the movie realizes that he doesn't want to be there. They're yeah. all watching it together. He doesn't want to get married. Meanwhile, Rod is not getting the offer he wants. And Jerry finally gives it to him and is like, listen, you play with your head, not your heart. You're on the field and it's all about like who's to blame and what you didn't get. And that is not what inspires people. That is not. What inspires people? <laughs> and Rod's like, how's your marriage, Jerry? Why are you here? I mean, he is telling him exactly what he needs to hear. And I think that it does get through to him, too, a little bit. Yeah, cause... definitely. I think they both tell each other what they need to hear. Yeah, I mean, there's this, there's one scene where, like, Jerry is yelling at Rod. And Rod is starting to, like, get pissed off. But then Jerry starts to have, like, an actual breakdown. And Rod needs to, like, save him. Yeah. Like, they put aside their differences yeah. for a second to be like, hey, take a breath. You're okay. Like, we're in this together no matter what. They know what. where the line is. Like, they are actually yes. friends under it all. But yeah, Jerry is staying out on the road with Rod. He clearly does not want to go home. Dorothy knows it. And she gives him the out. She's just like, look, I'm sorry. She says it plain as day. She says, I took advantage of you. Yeah. And she was like, that's another line I love so much. I thought I was in love enough for the both of us. It's like, that's devastating. Yeah. She's like, this is my fault. And we could let this go another 10 years just because we're polite. Right. Right. Oh, I love this dialogue. It's so oh, it's good. It's really good. She's like, let's just call this next trip a nice long break. It's so devastating. <sighs> call it what it is. Yeah. A much needed break. Yeah. He leaves for this trip. He's at Rod's big game. It's like, what? I don't know enough about sports oh, it's like monday night football or something like that and so it's just nationally televised yeah it's monday night football's big game rod currently like doesn't have a contract renewal on the table so like they have to be really careful with him he gets sacked hard and is unconscious and his wife is freaking out and like she's freaking out jerry's freaking out he like starts rod starts to come to and the crowd goes wild and just and loves it. And he starts dancing around and doing flips. I'm also like, <laughs> the whole time I was like, didn't you just like suffer a pretty bad head injury? Like I'm waiting for him to like be like doing the breakdance moves and it's just like, oh, and he's dead. Right. <laughs> like, At, what we know right now about like CTE and stuff like brain injuries that we never let someone do what they did. But yeah, I mean, he gets hit in the end zone, but like keeps the... You know, he he holds onto the ball, so it's like a game-saving play. Like, he's the hero. Okay, but, that makes more sense. Because, right. you know, like, after the game, he's, like, swarmed with reporters, and they have this, like, really emotional hug, and they're crying, and he's on the phone with his wife, and he's crying, and everybody's so happy, oh, and they're like, this is the best like, scene. this is the big, this is such a big moment. And in my mind, I was like, why does that automatically guarantee him now a huge contract? Because he got hurt and woke up and got a big applause well it's one of those things where you th you think because he looks at the owner and he like mouths like you're gonna need to pay up or something like that and it's like you can't not renew someone's contract the fans are gonna eat you a lot yeah i think like i just remember it being like he makes and i guess that is a good play but i remember being like he like fucking wins the super bowl for them or whatever like right. something like actually related to how good he is as a player well, he, but it's really just the fact that he got hurt really badly and then like whooped up the crowd <laughs> yeah that's kind of it i mean he was having a great game before that but that's pretty much it 
It was a nasty hit. Yeah. They're just <laughs> like, know. he didn't die. Let's give him $11 million. Like, it's a weird one. It's a weird one for me. It's a weird one for you, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I mean, when he comes back, like, he's getting swarmed by those reporters. And he, <sighs> he's like, where's Jerry Maguire? And they hug. And it's they're like, both crying. It's like, we did it. And it's like, you did it. And that's another one of those Tom Cruise looks where he's looking at him oh, and he's trying yeah. not to cry. And he's like pointing at him. Oh. And then he's talking to Marcy. God. Who's, oh, by the way, we, we haven't even said Regina King is so good in this movie. Oh, my God. Yeah, we should be fucking quartered for that. Yes. And she like, was really pregnant during the, the movie. Oh, really? Yeah. She's so good in it. And she is just this strong, capable woman who stands by her man and fucking yes. like tells him everything he needs to hear when he needs to hear it. And... Oh, she's fucking great. She's, she's so amazing. good. She's so dedicated. But yeah, so, but he, Jerry sees him on the phone with his wife and how they are together and he just realized he wants to go home to his. So he rushes home. He walks in. By the way, there have been like throughout the movie at Laurel's house, there are like these meetings of other divorced women, like yeah. talking about their feelings and men and all that. One of which is Cameron Crowe's mother, I think. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I like that. I think I actually know exactly which one it is, just based on how I, she I think you do, yeah. Yeah, she's like the one who talks a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's very fe- heavily featured. But yeah, Renee Zellweger is in the group this time, and she's like, maybe men are the enemy, but I love the enemy. And I was like, man, I hear you 100%. <laughs> that one got through to you? Oh, big time. I fucking hate men, but I fucking love men. It went over like gangbusters with that group too, where they're like, man, that's a good line. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel. Yeah, dude. It's just real. Jerry walks in. He's like, I'm looking for my wife, which just got me. And he's like, how about, Yeah. I'm not letting you get rid of me. How about that? And he like gives this beautiful, beautiful speech. We live in a cynical world. cynical world. But I love you. You complete me. And he starts talking again. She's like, shut up. Just shut up. You had me at hello. Oh. No, it's more like you had me at hello. hello. Apparently, Renee's at like, hello. Didn't when she read that line, she was like, How the fuck am I supposed to say this? Like, something about like the tell. syntax didn't work for her. She's like, Wait. You can tell she like didn't know how. To like where to put like, the right What does that emphasis. mean? Like you had, right. But it is such a good. I know exactly what it means. No, no, I know. But, but I think didn't. that when she read it, she was like, like, if you don't know how to read it, it's hard to like parse that sentence yeah, to is. understand what it. Yeah. Um, yeah. She just like stopped talking. Like you showing up here was the thing that, that won me over. It is such a great, yeah. great scene. Yeah. And both <sighs> of them, both of them, it's almost like both of them are acting so well that they almost like clash with one another. Everyone who's in that scene is you can tell like laurel is crying like Mm -hmm. everyone who's watching them act is getting emotional in real time and they don't need to be but like it's just such a beautiful acting moment for both of them like i can't imagine being on set for that scene and not getting emotional 100 percent. and i feel like they do it so well too because like this is when the dialogue is kind of sappy uh, uh, admittedly but like the whole scene is like doesn't have any sound to it and it's so tense and it could be like, you know, the swelling score and stuff like that. Well, and it's not it, well by the end. By the end right. <laughs> 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 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Beautiful song. It's fucking beautiful. All these poor divorced women are like, wish my ex-husband would do that to me. Yeah, fuck me, right? <laughs> so yeah, I mean, from then on, it's Rod gets uh, a, a new contract for like $11.2 million. Business is good. They're like out with Ray. Turns out Ray's got a pretty good arm. Could be the next big baseball star. Love it. Did, did this... Oh, man, I've got one last fun fact for you. Please. Does this field look... Uh, <laughs> there's no fucking way. Does this field look familiar to you at all? Oh, man. Think of a movie that we've done. Now now and then? Uh, not now and then. Let's say... Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll narrow it down. Last 10 movies that we've done that has a baseball scene. This should be easier. Not It Takes Two. Last five movies that we've done. <laughs> Wait, what? Hold on. Last three movies that we've done. What have we done? Um, Wait, (laughs) what? Okay, hold on. Wait, literally I'm trying to remember the last episodes we did because it's been so long. I'm going to be so (laughs) mad. Hold on. I don't honestly, I don't honestly remember the last three shows we've done. (laughs) I think you're going to get it if you check. Not Hook. Yeah. It's the same. It's the same baseball field as in Hook. in In the beginning. Yeah. Oh my god, that's so cool! Yeah, I love that. So, a little Millennial Movie Club fun fact to round round out this movie. Our, for our these this and the last episode are combined by are joined by one baseball field. Right, you thought it was we took a three week break. We just brought it all together <laughs> in in some way. Exactly. Wow, love that for us. That was a love good fun fact. Us. Shall we rate and summate? Absolutely. The more I talk about this movie, the more I like it. I think there's always a little part of me that wants to be antagonistic towards like 90s movies, especially with like a charming male lead who's <laughs> getting his way. And I remember I'm just like, well, what do you think you can be? <laughs> and but this time I was like, actually, everybody's kind of getting what they think they want, uh, even though like they realize, mm-hmm. is it really what they want? So. I think the writing's beautiful. I think the cast is great. I think the acting is phenomenal. I think there's a reason this is a classic. And I do think that it's aged well. Like, I don't think there's anything in this movie where I'm like, yikes, you know? Not a whole lot of cringe here. And you know what? I'm kind of down with Dorothy getting hers. So I'm going to give this film 8 out of 10 stolen goldfish. Nice. I think this movie sneaks up on you. By the end of it, you're like, wow, that was phenomenal it, in my mind. Like it keeps getting better and better and better. And you really start, I, I think it's it's good writing. It's an interesting plot that you don't really see that much. Like this dynamic between so many different characters and so many different parts of this movie, like you were saying earlier, Jazz, like it's a sports movie. And like sometimes you're concentrated on uh, Rod and Jerry and then it switches to uh, Jerry and Dorothy and you were like oh, I don't really care about this part anymore but then you start caring about that part and it switches back and I just think it's a, a really phenomenal movie that had Tom Cruise in the absolute prime of his career like what we said before he's just a fucking movie star when it makes you like Tom Cruise then you know it's well done right and I only just started liking Tom Cruise again because he drove that motorcycle off that cliff which is fucking tight and it was too tight for me to not to like him anymore in what so, did you see that clip of him for the new mission impossible he like <laughs> drove that motorcycle off the ramp off the cliff You're like i gave him a little more credit because he fucking killed himself <laughs> yeah I, I like that good good on you um 
I, I just think everyone does such an unbelievable job in this movie. Every single person, Cuba, Renee Zellweger, uh, Bonnie Hunt, Regina King, everybody is. Lil Lipnicki. Lil Lipnicki, of course. Uh, Ari Spears is in this as his like dickhead brother who like doesn't believe in him. Yeah, oh my Jay God. Jay Moore. Yeah, I forgot. He's so good. Um, yeah. I think I just love this movie. I'm going to give this movie nine human heads out of ten. Excuse me. One <laughs> Ray is like talking his oh, like famous lines yeah. like the human head weighs eight pounds, <laughs> which apparently is not true either. So probably really depends on the head. It definitely does, but I think it's it's supposed to be like ten or eleven pounds and your brain weighs three pounds or something like that. I had to look it up. Oh damn. What an idiot. What a fucking idiot. <laughs> no wonder that kid never acted again. He's an absolute exactly. idiot. Well, there you have it, folks. Jerry Maguire, tied up with a bow. Don't hesitate to reach out and tell Done. us what you want to hear next on the pod. Any parting words from you, Danielle? No, it feels good to be back. I'm glad we're back. Feels right. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of Millennial Movie Club. If you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and write us a glowing review. We are millennials. We kind of need the validation. For even more goodies, be sure to follow Millennial Movie Club on TikTok and Instagram. Later, Later days. days.